stand as you are able. Let us ever walk with Jesus. Behold the gift of his forgiveness. To marvel at the magnitude of his mercy. That's Aramaic for the place of the skull. Faithful Lord, with me abide. Dear Jesus, our Savior and Lord, lead us to behold the agony of your rejection, the pain of your condemnation, and the horror of your crucifixion. Stay with us, Lord, as we witness your suffering and listen to your last words of love. Eternal God, we confess that we have turned away from you in our thinking, speaking, and doing. We have passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. We confess our fatal attractions that enslave us and the failed relationships that haunt us. We can only say, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Hear the good news. Jesus walked to places of rejection, suffering, torment, and death. And he did it for you. Jesus was determined to go to Gethsemane, Gabbatha, and tonight Golgotha, for you. That's why Jesus forgives you completely and loves you eternally. Faithful Lord, with me abide. Let us pray. Almighty God, graciously behold your family for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men to suffer death upon the cross through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Jesus invites us to walk with him to Golgotha. The place of great suffering, 
and a place of great love. You may be seated. is one that goes back many centuries in the life of the church. It's the service of darkness. It is a reminder to us of the darkness of our sin and the reason that Christ went to the cross to die. Throughout this evening, the sanctuary will become progressively darker. Candles will be extinguished, reminding us of the long-suffering that Jesus had in his brutal flogging and his crucifixion. We will hear the seven last words of Christ, and with them, scriptures from the Old Testament, a hymn, and a time for reflection where, again, we ponder upon God's written word. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. God did not spare his own son. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. Let us pray. O innocent Jesus, by false witness and lies you were condemned to death, but by your true witness you showed us the way of life. Make us 
to remember how our sins and evil words and thoughts condemn us. And let us not be found false and faithless on the day when God holds court. Amen. The first words from the cross, Father, forgive them. Forgiveness is at the heart of our Christian faith. It is forgiveness that sets Christianity apart from every other faith system in the world. For we have a Savior who died to forgive us, and he did it out of love. St. Paul reminds us in Ephesians, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And again in Colossians, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. I love the words that Paul chooses there because they remind me so much of the cross that Jesus bore, carrying our sins. And so what right do we have to withhold forgiveness from someone else? Paul uses the word deliberately, bearing with one another. And sometimes that bearing is challenging and difficult. Bearing with one another, he writes, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony.
the second word. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Your cross and precious death. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, you said, whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Grant us grace to bear whatever cross may be ours to carry, and that by your cross the world may be crucified to us and we to the world, and that through your cross and passion we may gain everlasting life. Amen. Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Words uttered to a criminal on a cross. A criminal who is crucified rightly for his misdeeds and his wrongs. In the midst of the Savior of the world, who is being crucified as an innocent man and yet takes with him to a cross the deeds we deserve to be crucified for. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him.
the third word. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. By your cross and precious death, you have redeemed the world. The Lord has laid on him the guilt of us all. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, you have said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That you bore your cross willingly for the love of us. We may bear our cross for the love of you. Give us grace in every trial and temptation and save us by your cross and passion. Amen. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what he had said. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own heart also.
the fourth word. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Those who sow in tears Ah, we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you hate nothing that you have made, and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us a new and contrite heart that we, lamenting our sins and holding to your mercy, may receive full forgiveness through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. A thousand years prior to the events of Good Friday, David wrote these words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world.
the fifth word. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. They have pierced my hands and feet. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. Blessed are those, excuse me, let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, nailed to the cross for us, crucifying us all that is evil. With your precious blood, cleanse us from all our sins. Renew a right spirit within us and strengthen our hearts to forgive. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. for They shall be satisfied. The words of our Lord from the Sermon on the Mount. Do we truly hunger and thirst for righteousness? The righteousness that comes by Jesus' death on a cross. A righteousness bestowed upon us in an upper room. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for the righteousness given to us through the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given in his love on the cross as a final perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins once and for all.
The sixth word. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Surely he has borne our griefs. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Let us pray. Gracious and loving Father, as you listen to your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the midst of his agony and suffering, so hear the cries of your people, and teach us in all humility and obedience to call on you in all our needs, trusting that you will never leave us, nor forsake us. Amen. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. That's exactly what Christ did some 2,000 years ago on a cross. He made all things new. He opened up a way of salvation that didn't depend upon how well we could do things, but was wholly dependent upon His grace. It was His death, His action on a cross, whereby He bore the sins of the whole world pouring out his, his blood to wash us clean in his own righteousness. Their fitting words, it is finished. And he who was seated on a throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Christ is the beginning in the waters of baptism. And he is the end when he welcomes us into heaven with his wide open arms. The beginning and the end 
Our faith is focused on Christ. Christ on a cross who died for you and for me. Christ who loves us and who gave everything so we can live forever. It is finished. The payment for our sins. But life, for you and for me, it's a new thing, a new beginning. seventh and final word. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Christ, for our sake, became obedient to the point of death. He poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet, he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, out of tender love toward your creation, you sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to become our flesh and to suffer death on the cross. Mercifully grant that we may both follow the example of his patience and also be made partakers of his resurrection. Amen. But ask the beasts, and they will teach you. The birds of the heavens, and they will tell you. The bushes of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you, who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. The God who made the world and everything in it being Lord of heaven and earth, gives to all mankind life 
and breath and everything. For in him we live and move and have our being. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into the creative, life-giving hands of God, our Lord Jesus on the cross gives himself into death with nail-pierced hands and feet, wounded, bruised, and beaten for the iniquity of our sins. And yet our God draws his Son unto himself, the author of life, how he must mourn at the death of his one and only Son, the Son whom he loves, his beloved, the cry of a father. We don't often think about the broken heart of our God and how it cost him to sacrifice his one and only son for the likes of us. And yet he did it. And even as our Lord speaks those last words, they are words that we need to echo. Father, into your hands I commit my life, my being. I serve you and I honor you with all that you have given to me. For I know the price that you paid for my life with the precious blood of your Son, my Savior Jesus.
the Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.